Hey, everybody. My name is Ardo Cal, and you are listening to Vibe 105. Vibe Talks. Vibe Talks. More than just music. Hey, everybody. This is Giancarlo Alino and Aaron Zaretsky reporting for Vibe 105 with a sports Vibe talk segment where we're going to be talking all things hockey today. To help us out, we're happy to be joined by our guest. He's a Canadian who's now made it on down there in ESPN where he's on the NHL and ESPN panel. He's Ardo Cal. Arda, how you doing? Giancarlo, Aaron, I'm very happy to be here. Uh, very happy to be uh, back on the airwaves in Toronto where I was born and raised. I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing great. Um, doing good. This is uh, a special time, especially for Canadians, that we see a Canadian like yourself now on the NHL on ESPN. And uh, the ESPN's back in the hockey game, uh, the business there, it's back on ESPN. What was it like when you found out that the NHL would be back on ESPN and that you'd be a part of it? Uh, I, I mean, that that was two steps. The, when I first heard that the NHL was coming back to ESPN, the entire building was ecstatic. I mean, it, it's funny. I... I was working on hockey already at ESPN. It just didn't have as big a spotlight as it does now, obviously, since ESPN is a rights holder. But we had a show for many years called In the Crease, which was on ESPN Plus, which is a subscription service, which is where many of the games uh, you can find over a thousand games in the NHL this season on ESPN plus, including 75 exclusive games. And we had a show every night that there was an NHL game called in the crease. And last season, uh, I don't think there was one single day without an NHL game because of the condensed schedule. And so we did in the crease every single night. Um, you know, I would fill in for Linda Cohn, who's, who's an absolute legend at ESPN. And uh, I did several shows and we, we were, we were still doing hockey. It just, it wasn't the same, obviously when you don't have the rights and when, the announcement came, people were ecstatic because there's so many hockey fans in the building. It the, the rights left in 2004 and it took a while to come back, but hockey never really left Bristol campus. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a ton of hockey fans and through those conversations in the hallways and fantasy hockey leagues and, you know, people wearing jerseys on campus, like the NHL or hockey never really left ESPN it just wasn't as prominent. And now people can wear their fandom more, more proudly, it feels like, uh, at least around campus. But uh, no, it, we're completely ecstatic. And me personally, as someone who grew up loving hockey as his primary sport, I'm ecstatic because I love hockey. I grew up loving hockey. I played hockey. I grew up a Leafs fan. And then uh, I, I worked in hockey all of my life. I did the OHL with the Brampton Battalion, you know, doing Rogers TV for a bunch of years. And then the Toronto Marlies and the AHL. And then eventually MSG Networks with the Rangers and Devils. So hockey's been a deep part of my career. Probably the most extensive work that I've done in my career is in hockey. So I'm, I'm extremely thrilled that I'm able to work on hockey. And last week I did my, for the very first broadcast on ESPN plus was a game between the wild and ducks. And I was lucky enough to be the studio host for that. So it was a historical night because it was the very first game on ESPN plus. And uh, I, to be a part of it was an absolute thrill. Has the appetite for hockey increased in the U S now that the NHL is back on ESPN? So I would say that it will. I, I really feel like the, it's twofold. First of all, the, the, the package is split among ESPN and Turner. And I feel like uh, with two networks growing the game and promoting the game, 
that's only beneficial for the NHL. I, I really feel like uh, when there's when there's two major networks bolstering uh, the game, marketing the game, that's just going to grow the game overall. A rising tide floats all boats. But ESPN in particular, I mean, even Gary Gary Bettman has talked about the desire to be back on ESPN, and 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 in our um, in in one of our uh, meetings, uh, we we have this big meeting uh, in Chicago this year, which included everybody, like production people, on-air talent, everyone involved around the ESPN. Uh, and he said this publicly as well. I think he said it on Good Morning America. Uh, he joked to us and said, you know, when the NHL left ESPN, we kind of noticed that we weren't covered as much on SportsCenter anymore. Now, I can't speak to that, obviously, but um, Gary said that. And then now, uh, you know, we're debuting a segment that I just did on SportsCenter called Stick Taps, for example, where we're talking about what's good around the league. So I feel like through being a rights holder, again, you're going to see a lot more content. You're going to see a lot more exposure and a lot more promotion of the game naturally, because at the end of the day, we want people to watch the games uh, and go to ESPN Plus and uh, wherever they might be. So I think that the game will grow in the United States as a result. If like simply because there's a lot more promotion happening and it's a very exciting time to be an NHL fan as well. Well, that's very exciting. And, you know, having a 32nd team in the NHL can only add to the excitement and especially, you know, grow the game in Seattle with the talking about the Seattle Kraken. So recently, Seattle, they got their first win. They played their first regular season game in Seattle what are your early impressions of the Seattle Kraken? So I think that they, the, the, the roster on paper uh, is definitely, I think that Vegas really, like when you say they won their expansion draft, I mean, they really won their expansion draft. And I think that it's very difficult for people not to compare Seattle to Vegas only because Vegas literally came to the league a few years ago. And so the, the memory of them making it to the Stanley Cup final in their first year is still very fresh. But with this expansion draft with the Kraken, the general managers wisened up a little bit. They said, we don't want to get taken for a ride again like we did in the Vegas expansion draft. So we're going to make a couple of moves. We're going to do some things such that it's going to be a little bit more difficult for Seattle to create a super team right off the hop. Now, I do agree that it's very beneficial for the league to have a competitive team. And honestly, looking at this team, the way that they've played, sure, they lost their home opener. Sure, they've been in some dicey situations early on in the season. But I do think that this is a team that could very well compete for the playoffs. I do like the goaltending tandem of Philip Grubauer and Chris Drieger. I think Chris Drieger is one of the best backups in the league. I love the, the defense core. I think Mark Giordano is a fantastic leader. Uh, I think that they have some really good pieces on offense as well, including Jordan Eberle, Jared McCann. I think that this is a team that absolutely will battle for a playoff spot. And their home game, Steve Levy said this on the broadcast, the first Kraken home opener was actually an ESPN Plus exclusive game, and, and he and Ray Ferraro were calling it. And he, he made the great point that that home opener – it wasn't really a hockey game. That wasn't the focus of the game. It was an event. Like this was the opening game for the Seattle Kraken. And this was the second ever event happening at Climate Pledge Arena. Coldplay played in the arena the night before. People were tuning in in large part 
because they were just curious. What's the arena like? What do things look like? How does it sound? How are the fans? What's the goal song going to be? It's Lithium by Nirvana, by the way. Like just all these things. And, and like even the arena has its own story, right? It has a zero carbon emission footprint. Um, the, the, the ice uses recycled rainwater that is filtrated. Like, like there, there's so many cool stories, even how it was made. They had to keep the roof intact because it was um, it was a, a heritage protected um, uh, uh, monument in Seattle. So they had to dig underneath to create the arena. Like there's so many cool things about the arena itself that, uh, th- it, that tells a story. So now the next Seattle home game, which I believe is Tuesday in Mon- uh, against Montreal, if I'm not mistaken, that one will, will, will now be a hockey game as, as, as Lee said, but it was a spectacle on Saturday, but going back to your question, I do think that this will be a competitive team. I do think, I don't think that, I don't think many people are projecting them to go to the Stanley cup final per se, but the playoffs are definitely within reach. With Ardo Cal here, uh, NHL on ESPN analyst on Vibe 105. And Arda, like just talking about some teams there that are primed to make a run, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, they got Connor McDavid, so that helps things along. They added Zach Hyman to the mix. What have you been your early impressions of this young Oilers roster? I, I like the way Warren Fogel's playing too. He's, uh, every time he touches a puck, it seems to be a highlight reel. Uh, definitely as he scores as well. There's a lot to be excited about there. I, I think that Zach Hyman last season with the Leafs, it felt like every goal he scored was a highlight. Like he, he just, he was just very flashy with the puck. And now he gets to go from playing with Austin Matthews to playing with Connor McDavid. And I feel like the change of scenery will suit him very well. I think that they are already, there's already great examples of Connor McDavid and Zach Hyman clicking, particularly on the power play. So I feel like Edmonton, it's, let me put it this way. I, I, it's a shame that we don't see Connor McDavid deeper in the playoffs uh, it, just because he's the best player in the league and nobody's debating that. He is consistently the MVP of the league, whether he wins the Hart Trophy or not. He's consistently the best player on the ice. He's consistently the player that people point to. If you were to say you need to watch one player in the NHL, most people would say you should watch Connor McDavid if you've never watched hockey before, because he does things on the ice that we think are logical, but still seem improbable. He's just such a unique, he's, he's just such a unique, sorry, let me start that again. He's just, uh, I, I, let me put on my do not disturb. I apologize. I don't know what happened oh, there. No worries. I just got a call in the middle of this. <laughs> uh, let me get back to, okay. Um, he's such a unique player uh, that, he, he, he just he's, he's he's appointment viewing you know there's very few people that you would put that tag to maybe a Kirill Kaprizov is another one Austin Matthews perhaps as well uh, you know Matt Barzal is a very um, exciting player to watch so the, the the better the Edmonton Oilers do the better Connor McDavid does uh, I think the better off the league is and by the way they also have Leon Dreisaitl who we haven't even mentioned once who's also one of the best players in the league so it's like Man, what a team. And yeah, like I like how you mentioned their appointment viewing. And I think McDavid and Drysell to an extent there have proven that the Oilers could be that. They're an exciting team to watch. And especially with things clicking there with Hyman. A lot of people, though, with generational talents, there's always that comparison to Wayne Gretzky. Like Crosby went through it. Lindros went through it. Ovechkin's going through it with his goal scoring. And now McDavid. Uh, the numbers, though, that McDavid puts up right now are just out of this world. They're out of the ordinary. Could he put up like maybe a stat 
maybe an assist or point total that will come close to what Gretzky did in his prime? I think it'd be really tough. I don't think it's because Connor McDavid isn't good enough. I think it's because of the current state of the NHL and just, I mean, the eighties were look at, go look at the goaltenders in the eighties. Like their pads were almost the size of forwards shin pads today. Like it was just crazy what goaltenders and the style was a lot different. Like barely anybody was playing butterfly uh, goaltending. You know what I mean? Like it was just such a different era that lent itself to high scoring games. Like how many eight, five games were there in the eighties, you know, like for example. So I'm not saying that Wayne Gretzky didn't deserve it. Of course he deserved. He's the best player of all time. I'm saying that it was a perfect storm of a high octane, high scoring era of hockey that happened to also see the greatest player that ever lived. You know what I mean? So like that contributed to 212 points in a season or 93 goals or, or whatever it was in a season for Wayne Gretzky. Do I think that will ever be passed? It would take a particular set of circumstances that does not exist in the NHL today for that to happen. And that's why it's so remarkable that we're even talking about Alexander Ovechkin being able to break Wayne Gretzky's career goal scoring record because Alexander Ovechkin came in an era where it wasn't, it's a different era still. And he played through multiple eras of hockey, so to speak in the NHL and for him to put up the numbers that he has and being within striking distance of Wayne Gretzky's record. And he already surpassed Marcel Dion and he's in hot pursuit of Brett Hall. I think he's only like four or five goals away now as we record this. So it's wonderful. And, and like even during the media days leading up to this, uh, the preseason, Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby sat beside each other during a media interview and Sidney Crosby even said, look, like I want him to break the record because it would be good for hockey. And it would. The sports world would pay attention. That's one of the ways that the game would be grown is Alexander Ovechkin getting closer and closer to a previously thought of unattainable, unreachable record. That's something that people would really gravitate to in sports. Like it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa uh, going after the home run record. Uh, back in the day in, in major league baseball. Now this is one person doing it, but still like that climb and that hope and, and the way that Alexander Ovechkin is scoring this season, it's almost as if he wants to break it this year. So it's just, it's just, it's wonderful. Like that's one of my favorite storylines that I think I'm going to be tuned into and dialed into and care about the most until it actually happens, uh, which, you know, could be a, a few seasons away. This is Aaron Soreski and Chicago Alino with, NHL and ESPN host Arya O'Cal here on Vibe 105. Uh, speaking of storylines, to keep an eye on uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're always, you know, making headlines or in the news, so to speak. Their current group of John Tavares, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander. Do you see this group intact after the NHL trade deadline? I mean, if they're competing for uh, assuming that they're in a good playoff position, I do, at least for this year. I think big uh, goaltending questions, uh, obviously, is always a big question mark. Obviously, Freddie Anderson not there anymore. Peter Mrazek is injured. Jack Campbell, they've had to play, uh, you know, an amateur emergency goaltender, I think, from the University of Toronto due to salary cap issues. Uh, They had Michael Hutchinson uh, for a couple games. Uh, Here's the thing. I... I think that people will look at uh, the the one the one stat that I've seen on Twitter uh, pretty prevalent uh, a lot is the Jason Spezza, who's on a league minimum, has more goals 
is it more goals or more points? One of the two, then John Tavares, Will, um, John Tavares, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner combined. And obviously those are the, you know, multi-million dollar contracts and Jason Spezza is making less than a million, right? Now, Jason Spezza oftentimes is the best player on the ice. Uh, I mean, a best of forward on the ice at, at the very least. Willie Nylander is pulling uh, his, his, his um, weight as well. Here's the thing. I'm a lifelong Leaf fan. I know what it's like to suffer. Okay. I think, I think anyone listening to this uh, who's been a Leaf fan for a very long time, other than 93, 94, few years in the 2000s, it's been pretty rough. And, you know, the arrival of Austin Matthews obviously signaled a new era, and we haven't gotten the fruits of that new era yet. Multiple years out in the first round, haven't won a series since 2004. We all know the stats, okay? We all know 1967, yada, yada, yada. The thing is, for me, I find it very difficult to get my hopes up about the Toronto Maple Leafs, no matter what happens, until the second round of the playoffs is achieved. I, I, I would encourage other Leaf fans to follow suit. I am not getting my hopes up. I'm not, and I'm talking as a fan here, not as the objective. Uh, you know, everyone is a fan of somewhere. You, you, your, your fandom is, is somewhere. You know, even, even if you work in the industry and you say you're no longer a fan, they're lying. Everyone is a fan of someone. You know what I mean? So we're sure. talking, if I'm putting myself, if, I, if I'm putting the fan hat on, I'm saying as a Leafs fan, Putting the, putting the hat on, I, I'm not getting excited until the second round of the playoffs. I want that mountain to be climbed before any overt optimism comes from me. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to watch games. That doesn't mean that you know I'm going to disparage the team. No, I, I, I also don't have as much doom and gloom as some people might have as well. Uh, you know, It's early in the season, so obviously this is the time that's ripe for overreaction. Uh, just look at the, I mean, the, the, the Blackhawks coach, Jeremy Colleton got booed before game one uh, <laughs> of their home opener. You know, like, listen, oh, wow. like we, we, we don't know what, what, what is happening behind closed doors. And I think that uh, Toronto uh, definitely is a city that takes their uh, hockey very seriously as they should. Uh, and, and that breeds itself to, you know, the minutia of the team. And they're always going to be under a microscope and Toronto will always be a tough market to play in, especially when the team is losing or especially when you as an athlete are underperforming. So uh, I, I, I'm tempering my expectations, uh, but I'm not all doom and gloom uh, as it pertains to the outlook for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, and a good port, well, portion of Leaf Nation, right, as you mentioned, right, it's a tough market to play in. So Mitch Marner has been getting a lot of criticism based on, you know, what happened last season in the playoffs and, you know, whether that's deserving of him just to get most of the blame is, you know, still up is up in the air, right? It's always subject to debate. Um, but he's continuing his struggles going into this season. Um, do you see him, like, continue to struggle? Like, is this, like, is something there for Marner or do you see him being able to eventually get back to, what he's capable of doing. Yeah. Points and wins secure. All right. I mean, uh, you might see some tweaks here and there. maybe some line changes, maybe some tactics and, and different things worked on in practice. But at the end of the day, all this conversation will minimize once point production or 
you know, play, play uh, his, 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 the play that you are expecting from him resumes. So if that doesn't happen in say 10 games, then we're certainly going to have a big problem. I mean, we're already having these conversations because it's carrying over from the playoffs and, you know, his point totals were not the best in that series against Montreal. So certainly that conversation is going to be there. Certainly it will be there because of, of, um, of, 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 of how much money he is making. Um, and so that, that, that's, that's the way that it is, uh, that especially with the Leafs, but also in sports. So uh, I don't expect that conversation to die down until uh, we see a big change uh, in production uh, for, from Mitch Marner or any player. I mean, Austin Matthews as well. How many points do Marner and Matthews have combined? I think it's one point uh, right now so far this season as we record this. So, uh, you know, for, uh, for, for, for the salaries they command and the positions that they are on the team, uh, that's not enough for the Leafs to uh, push forward, uh, and, and it certainly wouldn't be enough in the postseason. And they know that. That it's, it's we're, we're not saying anything that they don't already know, right? Like it, it's that. So the, to me, it's you know we as we we give our opinions at the end of the day. Uh, we see what happens on the ice, and if they change around and suddenly Austin Matthews has a hat trick, Mitch Marner has a hat trick in a game. And then they have like, let's say seven points in three games, then people's tunes change because they're, they're producing better. So uh, it's wait and see, obviously uh, with the Leafs and those players in particular, but um, you know, there's some positives there too. Like I mentioned, Jason Spezza, Michael Bunting is doing great. Uh, he's, he's, he's fantastic. Jack Campbell's an easy guy to root for. He's, he's one of the nicest people in the league. Um, the Leafs have had a history of great goaltenders and nice goaltenders like that. You just want to root for like James Reimer is another example, right? When he was with the Leafs um, and, uh, and now with the Sharks. But uh, there, there, there are some good pieces there that I think that uh, we're quick to discard simply because of history and how unfortunate it has been in terms of results for the Leafs. But you know, starting with the names that I just mentioned, there are some reasons to get excited for this Leafs roster and, and, and the Leafs this year as well. With Arda Cal here on Vibe 105, a uh, couple final questions here. Arda, you know, everybody now in the States are going to be watching ESPN. They're going to be getting hooked on hockey. There's going to be a moment, whether it's a player like Connor McDavid that just captures their imagination. What was it for you when uh, you were a kid that drew you towards hockey and made you a lifelong hockey fan or even a lifelong Leaf fan? Yeah, my dad was a Leaf fan. Uh, he came to uh, Canada. He's an immigrant, came from Turkey. Uh, one of the ways that he wanted to, uh, you know, get along and assimilate in Canada was watch hockey. So he became a Leafs fan. So going to Maple Leaf Gardens for the first time was probably the way that I got hooked, uh, being a hockey fan, watching games on TV, but also playing. Uh, played all my life. I never was good enough to make it anywhere, but uh, love the game, enjoy the game. And so uh, it's always been a part of my life. And then working in it too, like, you know, I've done so many minor hockey games where I wasn't even paid to do the gigs. I just loved being there and just getting reps and learning. So uh, hockey's always been a part of my life. Hockey will always be a part of my life. And so, uh, you know, to do the NHL on ESPN and to be part of the broadcasts uh, is a thrill. It's, 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 it's one of the highlights of my career, if not the highlight of my career uh, up until this point, just the idea that, you know, it, this Friday, last Friday and this Friday, just as an example, I'll be able to host a hockey game. So this Friday I have, the, the wings and uh, Panthers. And then 12 hours later, I'll be hosting sports center. So like that to me is like the, the greatest day that I could ever have as a, a, a in my job. 
uh, it's just like, you know, with a pin, I've, I've, I've reached the, the mountaintop. It, it feels like in terms of what I would love to do to host sports center and, and also to host an NHL hockey game, uh, is just an absolute thrill. And it just feels very fulfilling and I'm humbled by it. And, um, it's just the greatest feeling. Honestly, I work with a lot of great people, uh, in front of the camera and off camera and, uh, ESPN is a wonderful place to be. And uh, the NHL is back, man. I'm just ex- super excited about it. The game's going to grow. Um, we're all excited about it. And I'm just absolutely thrilled that I play a part in it. Yeah. Um, so in the NHL, right, there's currently been a trend maybe over the last, you know, five, ten years or so of teams who make a deep run in Stanley Cup the previous year, going to next year, they get off to a slow start. Could that explain Montreal Canadian slow start so far this season? I think that there's some pieces there too. Like they lost Corey Perry, obviously uh, who went to the lightning Carey price um, is, 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 is working on what he's working on. Uh, so he's away from the team uh, obviously. And, and, and that is a great, by the way, uh, what Carey price and also Connor Ingram. Uh, that was a great story. He sent out a tweet after playing for the, I believe it was the predators last night as we record this. Uh, you know, working on their mental health or working on getting help for whatever they need. Uh, if you need help, you know, you're not alone. Uh, you, go, you can seek help, you know, lean on, lean on people that are around you. Go seek that help. I, I think that those are really, really strong examples uh, that it is okay. Uh, and, 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 and breaking through those paradigms that people might have, which is very, very powerful. So uh, going back to the Canadians, the, the, they, the, I think, I read a statistic that they are actually and uh, during the worst start to a season for a Stanley Cup finalist in the, in the next year. So I, this is definitely an anomaly. But remember, last year we were also saying that the Habs would not make the playoffs. And actually, if it were the regular divisional alignments last year, the Rangers would have made the playoffs and not the Montreal Canadiens based on points. So, you know, the Montreal Canadiens went on this incredible run, take nothing away from them. At the same time, with the players that they're missing, but also uh, their projections, so to speak, uh, it's not. Maybe it's it, it's a little uh, concerning that it's that much of a losing streak. Uh, and now they finally won a game against Detroit last night. But I do think that uh, the, I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle with the Montreal Canadiens. And I think that you know they might battle for a playoff spot. But I don't know if they're an, a Stanley Cup final team uh, one more time. Well, uh, Arda, uh, unfortunately, time isn't our friend here, but we'd like to thank you for sharing your time and coming on Vibe 105 to talk all things NHL and NHL on ESPN. And we wish you all the best. Yeah, thank you very much. You can find me on Twitter at Arda, and I'm happy to talk hockey with any hockey fans. And if you're in the States, look forward to seeing you on the NHL on ESPN. We got 75 games that are exclusive to ESPN plus, And we have 28 games that will be on ESPN and ABC television this season. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I hope you are too. That's great. Highly recommend that follow and uh, check out Arda on NHL on ESPN. Uh, this has been another Sports Vibe Talk segment. I'm Giancarlo Lino. Uh, that's Aaron Zaretsky. Stick around because we've got plenty more programming right here on Vibe 105. And now back to your Vibe, Vibe 105.